0: Hey, what's going on? Sean here with another episode of Locked on Raptors from a brand new studio, baby. I got the high energy on today's podcast, despite being up until about 3 a.m., setting all this stuff up, nearly breaking my finger in this here beautiful mic arm. Either way, we've got a big show today. Nick Nurse has a loaded doghouse right now. Chris Boucher, and Malachi Flynn, both out of favor, it seems, with with Nick Nurse in his comments yesterday, not really suggesting that they're on their way out of the doghouse anytime soon. We're going to discuss whether or not Flynn and Boucher should be playing more on today's show. We're also going to talk about the Pacers as the Raptors get set for two games against Indiana this week, both on Wednesday and then on Saturday, with a game against the Magic Sandwich in between. We're going to get into all of that with Vivek Jacob, our pal from Raptors.com. You are Locked On on Raptors,
1: part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day.
0: Welcome to episode number 1044 of Locked On Raptors. For uh, God Wednesday, October the 27th. I'm your host Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors, and of course, you can find the podcast free on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Please subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend. It is very much appreciated when you take the time to do that. So go ahead and do it now. Uh, And uh, also, a big thank you for making us your first listen of the day. On today's show, we are talking about Nick Nurse's doghouse, baby. Malachi Flynn, Chris Boucher not exactly in favor with the head coach of your Toronto Raptors. We're going to talk about whether that's fair, whether we'd like to see them back in anytime soon here. We will get to that. We're also going to tee up the Pacers game uh, as the Raptors take on Indiana tonight. And we're also going to talk about if we were Nick Nurse, if we were in his shoes, what would our doghouse look like? Would we have any other players uh, maybe fighting and scrapping for minutes that they're not going to get anytime soon? Who would be taking late night shots in our own coaching circle either way vivek jacob from raptors.com is here big v how you doing man
1: i'm good i'm good i'm excited to talk about nick nurse's doghouse uh happy belated <laughs> birthday to you thanks dude you did you fun. say happy birthday to andrea Barniani though that's the most important thing <laughs> <laughs> well i heard reports that his ig is now off the grid so
0: it is it's very disappointing it's bad state of affairs uh how does he know that i wish him happy birthday it's uh, disappointing <laughs> times but um you know he's got other things to do he's an astronaut he's a chemist he's a winemaker he's all of these things and uh i just wish him well uh <laughs> For my honeymoon, we're thinking about maybe going to Italy, and uh, I'm actually pushing for that just because I want to go. Tracking down Andrea, Andrea Bargnani? Bargnani? Yeah, I just want to find him and go fishing with him and uh, eat some fish in a boat with Andrea Bargnani. I'm sure that will not be creepy at all when I show up to him and say, hey, happy birthday.
1: Uh- <laughs> I definitely I mean, the number one thing you have to do is make sure you pack some primo pasta for him. Oh my God. Yeah. He's missing the, the flavors of home. Uh, <laughs> good Lord.
0: Uh, <laughs> all right. As, as promised, we're going to talk about the dog house. Uh, let's begin with Malachi Flynn and Chris Boucher. Of course, Chris Boucher has been a constant subject of scorn for Nick Nurse over the last week or so. It feels like the season is much older than just a week, by the way. Oh, my God. Um, But either way, it seems as though he is out of favor. He's lost his minutes in the second half quite frequently here. Delano Banton kind of subbing in to that Chris Boucher role and doing quite well, I might add, in those minutes. Uh, And then Malachi Flynn, of course, has played three minutes all season long, I believe all in garbage time. And so it's hard to... uh, be those guys right now. I don't know. Let's start with Chris Boucher because he's been sort of the bigger topic of conversation with Nick Nurse, at least. I think Raptors fans are maybe more clamoring for Malachi Flynn. We'll get to that in a sec, but Chris Boucher, where are you at with him? Should he be part of this rotation right now? Are they missing any sort of element he provides? Or are you with Nick Nurse and thinking he hasn't really been that good and there are other guys more deserving of minutes?
1: He hasn't been good. I Mm -hmm. I think Nick Nurse would love to have his scoring punch and you know, his shot blocking and rebounding, but he has not been good. I I don't think he's, and then I forget if we talked about this sort of off the record or on a podcast episode, but I, I always felt coming into this season that this might be the year that he gets sort of found out a little bit. And last year he was still sort of an unknown and, you know, he was getting a lot of those pick and pop opportunities and, He came on strong and he really had a great year. But even when he had those big games, you know, it wasn't like it was impacting the Raptors winning. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what Nick Nurse wants to see more than anything. It's like, and that's exactly what he said, right? Like, Chris Boucher needs to play like there's more to his game than a jump shot. Yeah. And so when he's taking contested shots, and not making them. What else is he bringing to the table? And I think that's what Boucher is struggling with right now uh, mm-hmm. to be an impact player. And what he's also running up against is the fact that the Raptors got deeper, and there yeah. are uh, impact players to play ahead of him.
0: Yeah, I am with you as well. I don't think Chris Boucher warrants a ton of rope right now. I mean, you throw him in in the first half. I don't mind that. See if he's cooking because he is the kind of guy where you know it takes one. Pressed to the hand of the kettle, and you know if it's hot or not. Uh, and you know sometimes it might scorch you because he's going to go off for thirty-eight and nineteen or something like that. Again, that game last year against the Bulls came in a loss, so I think that kind of goes to your point that you just made there, Big V. But yeah, I, I think there's just a lot of competition for front court spots right now, and it's only going to get steeper when Pascal Siakam's come it comes back. Like I could see them starting without any centers, and then it's you know Birch Precious. Boucher fighting for those minutes, Utah Watanabe kind of as a four as well. You know, he can kind of slide anywhere between two and four, I think. I don't think positions are kind of meaningless with Utah, but still, it, it's there's competition now. It's only going to get steeper as the Raptors get healthier. And look, there'll be other injuries, there'll be other sort of, um, you know, slumps for guys. And I, I think there's being a lot made of rotation patterns through four games. It's too early to make any sort of judgment about Nick Nurse's rotations right now. He's got a lot of guys to work with. He's got a lot of experimentation to do, and a lot of guys have earned those minutes. So I'm not like very angry or anything like that that Malachi Flynn's not playing 30 minutes a game four games into the season. I don't think he's ever going to play 30 minutes, but I'm being uh, exaggeratory for effect. Did I just make up a word? I think I did. Either way, um, yeah, I I think Boucher, he'll get his moments. He'll have his games where he pops, I think, you know, we can get into some ways that we can maybe sort of look to see the Raptors unleash both Boucher and Flynn, but let's talk about Flynn here for a second. You know, I don't have a problem with making a young guy earn minutes. I know he won rookie of the month last year. I know he showed some really good signs in summer league. I also think he has barely played like a normal season. His Player of the month, rookie of the month, came during a garbage time month in a garbage time season for the Raptors. I don't know how much you can put into that last year and say, okay, well that month now deems him, you know, earning of twenty two minutes a game as the backup point guard who runs the show. I just don't think it works that way. And I think if he's not playing well in the preseason or in practice or whatever it is, like I'm sure Nick Nurse is seeing something that we're not behind the scenes as well. Are you as perturbed as a lot of folks seem to be that Malachi Flynn is still out of Nick Nurse's rotation, very clearly behind Goran Dragic in the point guard hierarchy and then also losing minutes to Skeema Hiluke and whoever else subs in in those guard spots?
1: I think Nick Nurse is validated when the case for Malachi Flynn to play is that Goran Dragic sucks Right. right now. Right. It's not, hey, Malachi was awesome in the preseason hey Malachi got five minutes there he was awesome let's see more of him the guy who has that case is Delano Banton yep and so for Malachi Flynn I think uh, as a second year player you know I'm a big fan of his game and I was not impressed in preseason and so if those are the struggles that are continuing when they're running practice, I can see why he's being left off the court in game. So I do think that Goran Dragic is getting, you know, uh, a bit of a veteran's benefit and Mm -hmm. uh, they're allowing him to play through some stuff because he's been bad. I don't think uh, there's any way to sugarcoat that he has been bad. But I'll try. don't worry,
0: it's coming. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I think with a veteran like him, there's a belief that you know once he plays through some stuff, he'll be able to contribute in a way that is meaningful. And uh, maybe that's worth pursuing more than what Malachi is showing in practice right now. And so it's a good challenge to Malachi. Uh, you know it's really important that he can push the ball it's really important that he shoots the ball well and if those two things aren't uh being conveyed and practiced, then i don't think he's gonna get on the court now maybe there's some time that opens up once the raptors 905 start their season mm-hmm. whether it's him going down there or whether it's delano going down there and now you know you've got more spots opening up in the rotation with the raptors but uh yeah i think it's a tough go for malachi right now and Whatever work he's putting in, yeah, you know, I hope it pays off.
0: I do too, because I think eventually Malachi Flynn is going to be the backup point guard for this version of the team. Like, I think by season's end, whether it's because Drogic gets traded or because Flynn just earns the minutes, he's going to have that spot. I think, again, it's too early to be like, oh no, is Nick Nurse going to break Malachi Flynn because he hasn't played him in four games? Like, that's just not how it works. I think it's totally reasonable to think maybe he could use some seasoning down in the 905, the seasoning he didn't get last year when he was called back from the G League bubble after like two games of looking incredible and was forced to play with a ragtag crew where there were like seven healthy players. I think there's an argument to be made that, okay, maybe the long-term 905 play here is Banton. Maybe he goes down later in the season or something like that. But right now, Banton looks like he's helping the NBA team more than Malachi Flynn is. And I think Malachi Flynn... Could use the sort of seasoning you get from playing 34 minutes a game with the G League and running your own offense and being the guy. Maybe he can kind of tap into some of his more gunner tendencies, which I think are going to be the thing that makes him a valuable player because he's got that quick trigger finger, because he's got that good three-point stroke, both as a pull-up and a catch-and-shoot guy. I I think, you know, just getting some 905 seasoning would not be the worst thing in the world for a month or so before you bring him back up and reinsert him into the rotation. So, you know, th- that's that's one way you could play the Flynn thing. The other pl- the other way is just like wait for something to happen. Maybe there's an injury. Maybe Sphi falls out of favor because he has not been very good so far. We'll get to that in a sec. But I, I think it's far too early to be like sounding alarm bells about nurses management of Malachi Flynn. He's still basically a rookie. There's not a lot of sort of tape and track record for him. So I don't mind a little bit of tough love in terms of just like making him earn the spot. I, I, I think it's totally fine. It's an 82 game season. There's plenty of time for him to earn said spot. And I think it's totally fair to give Goran Dragic all the benefit of the debt as well, because he's a veteran. He's good when he's out there. Even when he's, like, bricking layups, which he's done quite a bit, like, he's getting into the teeth of the defense. He's one of the few guys on the team with blow-by ability. That stuff will come. I don't think Goran Dragic forgot how to play basketball over the course of the offseason while he was lamenting Toronto from his Slovenian abode. Um, So we will continue on here in a sec here, Big V. I want to talk about ways that maybe the Raptors can kind of open up Flynn and Boucher, ways that they could kind of utilize them, probably more Boucher right now than Flynn, We'll get to that. And I also want to sort of sort through who should be in our own personal dog houses. Who do you think is maybe less deserving of minutes than uh, they are currently getting? We'll get to that in one second here. But first, I want to tell you, but our friends over at Sweat Block, and I got to tell you, Sweat Block is one of the best products I've ever tried through this podcast. And we've had a lot of products come through the house with this podcast. It's uh, It's been going around for like five years, and we get lots of samples and whatnot. And I got to tell you, Sweat Block has literally changed my life because I could wear all the colors in the rainbow again. I used to have to wear, like, black and dark blue, like this sweater here. And it was a nightmare because I wanted to wear pastels, baby. I wanted to wear some, like, forest green. But I always had the fear that I was going to sweat through because I'm an excessive sweater. And that's just the way it is. It's just how I, my grad pictures were ruined because I sweat too much on grad day. That's how bad it is. But guess what? Sweatblock with their antiperspirant wipes and their dry shirt guarantee have made it so that I never have to worry about which color I'm going to wear again. And I never have to worry about pitting out, no matter the situation. I just use their Sweat Block anti-perspirant wipe before I go to bed. Wipe it on, wash in the morning, and then I go about my day. And I can go up to seven days without experiencing sweating in those regions. It's not just for your armpits as well. You can do your chest, back, feet, hands. Use it anywhere, and I mean anywhere that sweats. It is doctor created and doctor recommended, and it is Sean recommended as well. If you were someone you care about is dealing with excessive sweat, you have to check out Sweat Block. Get it today. off at sweatblock.com with the promo code Locked On, or at Amazon and CBS. But you get that promo code when you go to the uh, website. So just go to the source, baby. All right, we continue on here. Thank you for making us once again your first listen of the day. The Vec Jacob. Let's talk about how they can potentially open up Chris Boucher and Malachi Flynn and maybe make it so their minutes are more productive. This might be a lost cause with Flynn. This might be an off-court thing. He might need to take, you know, many more late-night shots before he gets an opportunity with Nick Nurse. But... With Chris Boucher, the opportunity is going to be there, it seems. He's getting those looks in the first half. Is there a way the Raptors are using him that's maybe kind of undercutting what he does well? Is there maybe like a set of players you would play him with to potentially unlock what Chris Boucher can do well? How would you go about this Chris Boucher situation if you're Nick Nurse to try to maybe put him in a better position to succeed? Or do you think Nurse is putting him in a fine position to succeed right now and he's just not executing?
1: Well, I definitely think he just flat out needs to play better. Um, You know, when people talk about Scotty Barnes knowing how to play, uh, I don't know if Chris Boucher is quite there yet in terms of understanding the nuances of the game. So I I think that part of it is lacking. But, you know, in terms of opening him up, I do wonder if there's something to be gained from just – having precious with him more, uh, as opposed to Ken Birch. I I know early on in the season, Ken Birch and Chris Boucher had some nice minutes, but I feel like Boucher, I think is at his best when there's a bit more chaos on the court. And Mm -hmm. I think, uh, precious sort of lends to that a bit more. And (laughs) I, I think of, you know, precious sort of grabbing the board and going and, uh, forcing some rim pressure with his drive and then chris boucher being the trailer on that you know sure uh and, and stuff like that and i think uh you know with him being a rim threat uh obviously he hasn't scored uh, around the basket much uh, as yeah. much as we would like but i Has think he even Precious... taken a
0: shot around the basket <laughs> like i know he had that like floater on the run against boston and like it's kind of all I remember.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I think, I think with Chris Boucher, you know, he's had some really good finishes. I mean, those dives to the rim where you can, you you know, more than the finishes, I remember the yelling, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Trying to get (laughs) an N1 or, uh, you know, taking uh, some kind of contact. But I think with Chris Boucher, uh, more chaos is better for him. And I think uh, in the starting unit, well, not with the starting unit, with uh, the guys uh, that are currently in the starting unit, they're more capable of creating for him. You know, you think of mm-hmm. Precious Achua, I think. You think of Scotty Barnes. Uh, and I think that's, again, where, you know, Pascal Siakam and Utah Watanabe returning to the lineup and just consistently having those uh, creators on the floor will be better yeah. for him.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think... You know, actually, I'm really torn on the whole who do you play Boucher with between Birch and Precious thing. Like on yesterday's podcast, I think I landed on I kind of prefer him with Birch just in theory. You know, I'm thinking about like the best we saw of Boucher last year, which in large part was when they were playing that Baines-Boucher back up front court, and it worked really well. You had the more sort of stable ready-made rim protector when Baines was playing well at least which was not often but like in theory if you have that sort of stable guy who can kind of clean up the messes that Boucher might create while he's flying around like a maniac on the perimeter I think that kind of works it's a nice sort of yin and yang as opposed to only yin if you have Precious and Boucher together I feel like there might be some pretty serious back-end meltdowns if those two were your front court but at the same time I I also understand the the desire for chaos and we've seen chaos units really be where boucher has thrived in the past think about the rhj duo back in uh the 2019-20 season and all that so i think there's arguments both ways i don't think it's cut and dry either way but i do think for me i would try to get boucher in there with fred as much as possible like there's just not chemistry there with dragic just yet and i think you know boucher is such a reliant like pick and pop guy and you know he can be a bit of a lob threat as well or just a roll threat in general I think pairing him with a point guard who kind of knows his intricacies a little bit more might help kind of unlock him just a tad, but um, we shall see. Also, I I made this point yesterday, but I'll reiterate it. I think if you're going to get Malachi Flynn in there, the best way to maximize Malachi Flynn is to run a bunch of pick and roll with him and a bunch of shooters, which they have the capability to do in that bench unit with Boucher, u when he's back, Svee, you know, they want to sub in OG and kind of stagger him with those second units. I think, you know, I know they've gone away from pick and roll pretty substantially in the last couple of years, but you go to the strengths of Malachi Flynn. That's the thing he's good at. Why not, when he's in there, maybe adapt your offense a little bit so you're not just running, quote-unquote, the system all the time and you can just let him do what he's good at. Maybe that's the way to do it there. And maybe you get the best out of both Boucher and Flynn in that case.
1: And, yeah, I think this is where when Nick Nurse talks about Scotty Barnes needing to turn the corner to attack, yeah, uh, to open things up for other people. Uh, that's where it kind of impacts a player like Boucher, where sure. the ball handler needs to be seen as a scoring threat. And then mm-hmm. when they invite that pressure, then the kick out to a Boucher or whoever it is becomes that much more effective. Yeah. So Scotty Barnes, you know, and whoever it is uh, that that's coming off that screen is, looking or thinking past first, it's a lot easier to defend that. Yeah. And so I think that's something that Boucher can definitely benefit from that he's not necessarily in control of. Yeah,
0: totally. Um, I guess quickly here, we were kind of running low on time because we've just had such compelling Chris Boucher and Malachi Flynn talk. But the question of, you know, is there someone who is not at Nick Nurse's doghouse who maybe deserves to be there over Boucher or alongside Boucher and Flynn? Um, is there someone right now who, if you're Nick Nurse, you may be looking at, especially with Utah Watanabe potentially coming back as early as tonight, I believe. I think he practiced yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, If Utah's coming back, do you move someone else to the doghouse who is deserving? Is it Drogic, is it Sfi, is it someone else? Or is basically the guys, is the collection of guys that Nurse was running out right now basically what you want to see at the moment?
1: Yeah, so I, I don't think anything changes until at least Utah is back. Uh, or at least I I would want to see change, and so I think Sve is the guy that could drop out. Uh, yeah. for Utah Watanabe, uh, we know what Utah brings to the table—that consistency on the defensive end, arguably the best closeout uh, the, that the roster has. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then offensively, it just it just looks like he's made strides in the preseason. Uh, yeah. We'll have to see if that carries over. Uh, To the regular season, because we know that's not often the case. So Mm -hmm. I think that that is the one thing I would look at. And then, you know, I think the argument for Dragic, I hear it. Uh, I've already said off the top that he's been bad. But again, it's been four games, it's been 5% of the season. Mm -hmm. And a veteran is absolutely going to get uh, more leeway than that. Mm hmm. As he should. And also, if you're trying to trade him,
0: uh, sticking him on the bench probably isn't the best way to uh, accomplish that goal either. So buckle up for a lot of Dragic, I think. And I don't think that's a bad thing. He's a good shooter. Again, he's got that sort of half-court juice that very few guys on the team have uh let's give us some time here i bet at some point in the next couple weeks we'll have like a Drogic 26 point game where he does the thing he used to do against the raptors all the time and made you go crazy uh we're gonna finish off here we're gonna look ahead at the game against the pacers tonight a bit of a weird team kind of in a similarly strange position as the raptors like within the standings and all that it's kind of an interesting measuring stick game so we'll get to that on the other side here but first want to tell you about our friends over at built bar we're making the best tasting protein bars money can buy they are so good they're the best tasting protein bars that I've ever had. It's not even a question and they taste just like a candy bar. They have nine amazing flavors in their regular lineup, including my favorite mint brownie along with orange, which is uh, dangerously close to a Terry's chocolate orange, except not bad for you. And also uh, they have limited time flavors that pop up from time to time as well. So you can go check out the site. If it's seasonally sort of themed, you might find something maybe right now as we get close to Halloween, there might be something on there. Uh, They just sent me some blueberry muffins. So I'm assuming that's going to be on the site as well soon. And I got to say, Blueberry muffin giving mint brownie a run for its money as the top dog in my built bar house. Uh, I guess you've got doghouse on the brain after today's episode. Either way, all of their bars are great tasting and healthy for you as well. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 100, 180, and just four or five grams of sugar and four or five grams of net carbs in all their bars. Go to built.com, use the promo code locked15 to get 15% off your order. That is the promo code locked15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, Vivek, the Raptors take on the Indiana Pacers tonight. The Pacers, I believe, are through are one and three. They've had some overtime weirdness. They've had Chris Duarte coming in and taking like 20 shots a game, which is I don't know if that's what you want if you're the Pacers, but that's what's been going on. They uh have some injury trouble as well. TJ Ward's not around, they're still dealing with the weirdness of the Turner's a bonus. I it feels like this has been the same team for like nine years, so maybe this is an easy preview, but uh, what are you looking for as the Raptors take on the Pacers tonight? Looking for their second win of the season.
1: I am looking for the Nate Yorkin revenge game. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh,
0: I'm looking forward to the bench clearing brawl that Nate Yorkin is sure to incite, uh, yeah. based on the reports from last year.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I think the first thing, obviously, is just dealing with the interior. Uh, mm-hmm. you know how they how they cope with the uh, Sabonis so is gonna be a huge challenge. Uh I think the one thing that really encourages me so far is you know, last year we saw how much not being able to rebound hurt them. Right. Yeah. And so far early on, they've been rebounding really well. Uh yeah. I believe at this point they're fourth uh in defensive rebounding. So I think that's something they can be really happy about. Uh hopefully they can keep it going. Um And yeah, no, I I think dealing with the interior is the biggest thing. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, uh, that matchup with Malcolm Brogdon is another thing I'm looking for because uh, Mm -hmm. going up against bigger defenders is is something that he finds really challenging. Mm -hmm. I don't think he enjoyed the matchup with Lonzo Ball too much. uh, (laughs) But I I think this is another interesting challenge for him with Malcolm Brogdon. So... Those are probably the two main things I'm looking at. Um, besides that, I'm kind of just curious about the Pacers, you know, uh, what's changed with McCarlyle. Uh Yeah. I, I saw, you know, anticipating what could change, you know, I thought with the way he likes to play a spread offense, I thought Miles My- Turner would be more, involved offensively and then you see that 40 point game and you're saying oh has he he unlocked something and then he drops four and five nine points combined over two games and you're saying all right well there goes that so uh yeah i'll be looking at uh, that just from a curiosity perspective what about you
0: yeah, I'm really fascinated by OG tonight. Um, I think back to last season, and probably the best OG game we saw was that game against the Pacers where he put up like 32 and then guarded literally everyone on the floor for the entire game. I think Pascal was out of that game. They were pretty shorthanded, I think, overall. Lowry might have been gone too. Um, and I think, you know, there's room for OG in this game to sort of, you know, assert himself on it, right? Like there's no TJ Warren. It's probably going to be like Brogdon that guards him, I guess, like maybe Chris Duarte, like it's uh, Jeremy Lamb, like it's not a very uh, loaded wing core. I mean, O'Shea Brissett might get a lot of that assignment. So I think there's room for OG to maybe sort of work on his self-creation. I think the last couple of games we've seen, most of his offense has come as the result of it being created for him. And look, he's getting himself in position to take advantage with his well-timed cuts and you know just kind of always being there to wait and catch the open pass. But I do think the uh, you know the, the opportunity for him to kind of work on his individual creation might be there for him tonight without a very sturdy wing matchup. Obviously, it's going to be tough around the basket. Miles Turner, very good at blocking shots, but I think there could be, you know, maybe he gets Sabonis in space on a switch or something like that a couple of times and you can kind of take it to him. That I'm really looking forward to watching. And I, I, I'm just kind of fascinated by the rebounding battle like you mentioned as well uh to correct you uh and to uh, b- b- show exactly how good the raptors have been so far this season they're number two right now in rebounding right behind the memphis Grizzlies. Ah. so uh 55 of all rebounds have ended up in the hands of the raptors they are number two in offensive rebounding behind the grizzlies as well and number five in defensive rebounding the pacers are basically you know 10th or 12th in all of those categories across the board so not exactly a slouch rebounding team but we know miles turner is maybe not the greatest rebounder for a guy of his size and stature can the raptors kind of counter the overwhelming length and size of that interior and still kind of manage to slam the offensive boards the way they have because i think that's just going to be such an important part of their offensive diet this season it's gross it's garbagey but like It it counts, I suppose, if you put it back up and in after missing three times. Uh, (laughs) So that's going to be a thing I'm watching for as well. And I guess like Malachi Flynn is an interesting one to watch too. Like, Have the calls been heard, or is it going to still be Goran Dragic? I would assume it's still going to be Goran Dragic getting the lion's share of those point guard duties. And honestly, if Utah's back, I think that even makes it a more difficult path for Flynn to get back in, because that's just sort of wing backcourt minutes, the sort of amorphous blob of one through four minutes that are not going to be, you know, assigned to Malachi if they're being assigned to Utah. So I think that is uh, interesting. I'm excited to... Watch this game. It's the first of two games this week, too, which is always fun. That That's the one thing we're going to really miss about last year was all those little mini-series you got against teams where you could kind of see those counter-adjustments after the first game and see how it all played out over the course of two games. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing sort of a mini-that because it's not like the Magic or much of an obstacle in between the two. Um, and, and I guess it's also, you know, like that Bulls game Monday, it is kind of like a sort of, you know, where do the Raptors stack up with the teams that they're kind of projected to be Battling with maybe the Bulls are better than what we thought they were going to be, but we'll see after they have a really tough schedule coming up. Where are you at right now in terms of that? Sort of, it's only a weekend, so we can kind of, you know, uh, reevaluate as we go along here. But Pacers, Bulls, Wizards, Hornets, those teams kind of seemed like the competition for the Raptors in that play in race. I would throw the Knicks in there as well. Even though some people think the Knicks are better, I still think they're frauds. Either way, uh, <laughs> as far as that uh, sort of collection of teams through one week with the Pacers and Raptors both involved, what have been your early impressions on how those are going to shake out in the standings?
1: I mean, I think the Bulls are taking care of business. That is, I think that's kind of been the MO of a, of a solid DeMar DeRozan team, right? Like they, they take care of all the teams that they're supposed to in the regular season. Yeah. um And and I think they might escape that play-in tournament. um Yeah. So I think if there was one team I had to pick, it would be them. uh The Hornets. You know, I think I want to watch them play a few more games. There's there's always that early spike that you see. I mean, Miles Bridges is playing out of his mind. He's averaging over 25 points a game. How long is that mm-hmm. going to last? That's something I'm curious about. So I'll kind of wait and see with them. Lamello is obviously just incredible. Uh, but yeah, I'll kind of wait and see with them. So in terms of the teams that, that's, that I would still say, you know, with the Raptors with Pascal Siakam, uh, I, I would put the Hornets there. Uh, I, I think the Hornets might drop down a bit. Uh mm-hmm. the bulls, that level might be tough to get to. I mean, just the options that they have. Uh I think Samson folk talked about it this a little bit. Like their event creation uh is yes. something that just constantly has you on your heels. And I, I don't think the yeah. Raptors have anything close to that. So, no. uh, so uh yeah, I think the bulls are at the top of that list that you gave me, uh the Hornets I think might come down a bit just because I, I just can't see Miles Bridges keeping this up for an entire season. And I mean, kudos yeah. to him. I'll, I will I will tip my hat if he does. And if he does, then the Hornets are a much bigger problem uh, yeah. than I'm anticipating.
0: Yeah. I mean, the Hornets are fun as hell. I, I don't really care about the results as much as I like watching LaMelo ball throw cool lobs to miles bridges. That's, that rocks. Uh, I think, you know, I'm worried about their defense probably. And I think, you know, of all these teams, I think the Raptors have the best defense. I think that you can very carefully or very you know comfortably square away already at this point. Um, as far as where they kind of slot in. Yeah. I want to see a little bit more, obviously when Pascal gets back, that's going to be more telling, but I think the floor, the Raptors have established without Pascal Gives me a lot of hope that the Raptors can kind of be in that upper tier of that group once he's back. Like I, I think they've kind of shown enough here, even though they're one in three. There have been a lot of really positive stretches and so many instances where it was just like, oh my God, if they had Pascal here, that would have been amazing. Uh and so feeling pretty good. And this Pacers game should be a good barometer of where they stack up. And I guess it's never too early to start thinking about like tiebreaker stuff as well. If you think you're going to be close to a team down at the end of the season, I want to beat him now. So you have that tiebreaker in your pocket if that comes to pass down the line. That feels like a good place to leave this episode. Big V, thank you so much for uh, jumping on. It's lovely to see you, and uh, I'll see you tonight at the game. That should be great. Uh, anything you want the people to know about, anything you want to promote?
1: Just the regular stuff. You can follow me on Twitter at VivekMJacob. You can find my work at Raptors.com and CBC Sports in Complex Canada. And that's about it. Oh, last thing I will say is hopefully there are some good vibes with this Pacers game, because the last time the Raptors won a game at Scotiabank Arena, it was the Indiana Pacers. Is it that game? The comeback game? Uh, No, no, not the
0: comeback game. Oh. Uh,
1: This was, I believe, this was the (laughs) 46-point SmackDown.
0: Oh, yeah. Just after the the game where Lowry tried to go through George Hill's legs, if I recall. Yeah, and then they... Oh, and it might've been before then they lost that and then they lost to the Hornets. Yeah, wow, that's crazy. Uh, Yeah, I hope they can break that very, very long streak tonight. That would be swell. Uh, I will have the uh, recap written at raptorshq.com so you can go check that out and uh, also subscribe to uh, the podcast wherever you get your podcast for free and on YouTube you can subscribe there it's very much appreciated when you go ahead and do that and uh, you can also subscribe to my other podcast Uh, Basketball, it's the one I do with Katie Heindel where we talk about sort of basketball and today we're going to be recording a very special spooky Halloween themed edition which is always a good time we're going to be reading one of Katie's Halloween short stories, it's one of my favorite things to do every single year so I have that to look forward to on uh, Basketball and uh, that'll do it, we'll talk to you again on Thursday as I think Katie Heindel will also join the show tomorrow if she's available to talk about the Pacers game. We'll see you then. Uh, have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow with another episode of Lockdown Raptors. Bye-bye.